You are listening to Revolver Podcast. Want to grow your own weed but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like Godbud, The Perps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto-flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot home of cannabis champions since 2002. Please check your local state and national laws before ordering. It's time to roll up those joints, pack those bowls, and fire up those nails. Because you're listening to Blazing with Bobby Black. Is everybody in? <laughs> Is everybody in? The jokes are about to begin. Greetings, Blackalites, and welcome to another edition of Blazin'. I'm your host, the infamous Bobby Black. And the gentleman you just heard doing that amazing Jim Morrison impersonation is my special guest today. Coming to us from Denver, Colorado, the weed capital of America, please welcome to the show... The hilarious 420 comic, Jeffrey Peterson. Jeff, how's it going, man? I'm doing great, man. So, Jeff, you've been on the cannabis scene for quite a while now. You're based out of Denver. Tell me a little about what the scene is like in Denver right now for cannabis and for comedy. Well, you know, uh, it's pretty neat what's happened here. Denver has become this, like, hub of uh, cannabis for tourists and and cannabis aficionados around the world. I myself have never had the pleasure of going to Amsterdam, but uh, it's sort of become with the same mystique that Amsterdam used to have uh, because Colorado really has uh, found a way to be unique and progressive in the way that they approach this. I mean, the coolest thing is there's a cannabis club, a legal cannabis club, that I do a comedy show at every month. And uh, we used to do that in Los Angeles, and we were always afraid the cops would come in at the comedy store. But now, you know, flash forward to 2016, I have uh, a comedy show at a legal cannabis club, and there's several of them. Uh, and those are in Colorado Springs, but it's it's really progressed to something cool. You're talking about the dopest show on earth, right? 
Um, you know what? I've, I've had a, a long-running show uh, for 10 years called The Dopest Show on Earth. You have it. Uh, but this particular show is called Can I Get a Laugh? It's become very popular. We've been doing it for a year and a half now. And uh, uh, to his credit, uh, Jamin Johnson, the, the proprietor of the Speakeasy Vape Lounge, created this. And uh, Jamin is just a major innovator. I mean, he uh, he also came up with Chromicon, which is a yearly cannabis-friendly comic book convention that we do. So if there's an idea that can be linked up with cannabis, somewhere in Colorado will make it cool. Cool. Yeah, and we're going to get to We're going to talk a little bit more about the comics uh, a little later on. It's, a, it's an interesting kind of double entendre because you're the 420 comic, meaning like comedy, but you're also into comic books. So it's a, it's an interesting uh, – I always liked how that word could be applied for both comedy and for comic book culture. It's pretty cool. It's neat because I'm able to infuse my uh, my comedy into comic books, and uh, I've always been a gigantic comic book nerd. So it's kind of full circle. It's great. Yeah, you know, you and I have a lot in common. I would say we're both uh, comic book geeks. We both love metal and rock and roll. We both love the Aviator shades. Can't go wrong, right? <laughs> the classic look. That's right. <laughs> Uh, and you know the thing is, what was kind of neat is uh, when I had a magazine going in California called uh, Calichronic X, where we featured uh, adult film stars uh, using cannabis. I would wear the silver shades with my long hair and my my beard and stuff, and people were calling me the West Coast Bobby Black. And I was <laughs> like, I was like, I will take that because <laughs> Bobby rocks. So uh, I thought it was really cool, man. And um, yeah, we do we do share a lot of cool things in common, and um, I think you've been a champion for metal in the respect uh, to cannabis because um, it's kind of gotten put on the back burner next to hip hop, and so you've always been a champion for the black leather. So I think that's really cool. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I remember when I was at High Times, we would have uh, our weekly events meeting, and every time they would talk about a new cannabis cup they were going to do in in some new state or something, okay, well, who are we going to get for talent? Who are we going to get to perform at the VIP party? And, you know, I had friends that were in metal bands, stoner rock bands, um, some of them pretty big, you know, pretty well known and with good draws. And I would always keep pitching them and pitching them. And for some reason, the management at High Times just absolutely refused. They would never book, uh, never mind even a, like, a, I'm not even talking about like a super heavy band like Slayer or something. I mean, all right, I can understand how that might turn some, you know, people off who don't listen to metal. But I mean, just like a regular hard rock band that, you know, who doesn't like classic rock? Certainly as many people like it as, as hip-hop, I would think, or, or maybe more, you know. But I would pitch all these bands, and they would always get shot down. And I got disheartened. I was just I just ended up, uh, you know, not even trying anymore. I tried to at least keep the hard rock coverage in the magazine while I was there, you know. Yeah. I think, I think the fans and the readers knew that about you. And the thing is, now that High Times has made so many drastic changes, and... Uh, I know some of the people behind the scenes and what's going on now. Your influence somehow got through because I see now they're starting to slowly add some rock and roll. I saw that Ozo Motley is playing uh, in one of their upcoming events, and Ozo Motley are good friends of mine. And and uh, rock is kind of uh, taking a back seat at the cannabis events. I work with a lot of legendary uh, hip hop artists like all the time. I slick Rick and uh, little. Flip and uh, Devin the Dude. I'm going to be performing with Afro Man next week. So I work with a lot of those artists, which is cool. 
but I just think it would be great if we could mix it up a little bit, you know, and, and maybe see, uh, you know, a classic rock band or, uh, or a hard rock band in there. Yeah, you know, I have no disrespect to the hip-hop community or anything like that, but it's just, it was never my bag, you know, like growing up, I went right from classic rock into heavy metal as a teenager, and that was who I was, I was a metalhead guy, and when I got older, and after I started working at High Times, I started to appreciate hip-hop, you know, especially certain artists, obviously Cypress Hill, um, you know, the the stuff you'd expect a white boy to like, you know, Eminem and Beastie Boys, that yeah. kind of stuff. But <laughs> but I've expanded it quite a bit, you know. I mean, I, I love Redman. He's such a cool dude. And just from hanging out with him, it actually makes me like his music more just, you know, because he's such a nice guy. And, uh, you know, obviously Be Real is a great dude. Uh, Kid Cudi, when he played the Cannabis Cup, I was blown away. I thought he was really good live. So there's definitely some hip-hop out there that I can get into now. And, of course, Snoop, classic Snoop stuff, the old days. But, you know, for the most part, I'm still, I'll always be a rock and metal dude, you know. And I know, actually, you used to be in a metal band, did you not? I did. I was a, I was a lead singer for a heavy metal band uh, back when it counted. <laughs> <laughs> from, from, from 1988 to... Uh, Around 1997, I was playing in bands, and um, uh, we were on the Sunset Strip, you know, selling out the Whiskey and the Roxy and the Troubadour, and we were a new wave of British heavy metal bands, so we played the, the Maiden Sabbath Street kind of style, and Ronnie James Dio would come see us, and Gene Simmons, and Axel, so we had a great little run there, and times just changed. Uh, we ran against the clock, and, and the clock ticked uh, to a different time, and everybody went to Seattle. So Seattle changed everything. Yeah. Your band was called Night Riot, right? We were called Night Riot. Yep. We were kind of a, uh, a medieval-themed band, sort of Armored Saint-like, uh, uh, very, you know, very classic heavy metal. And uh, we had a tremendous following worldwide, and uh, um, it was neat. We... We, we had about as much fun as you could have um, for, for uh, as popular as our band got. I mean, we had six record labels ready to sign us in 1992, except they wanted us to start uh, turning our sound into grunge. And we were like, we wear leather, man. We, we can't see ourselves <laughs> imitating something we know nothing about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So Stone Temple Pilots did and they became famous. So. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that kind of stuff. Uh, I'm a big, huge Man of War fan from back in the day. Talk about medieval uh, themed metal, you know, Man of War, like the kings of metal, you know, like it's it's so yeah. cheesy, especially looking back on it now and seeing them, you know, dressed. And I think, God, oh, and this so, my wife makes fun of me. She's like, you really look at these guys like <laughs> this is what you like. And I'm just like, yeah, you can't explain it to somebody who just doesn't love it. I mean, like I got turned on to Man of War and stuff like that very young and it was just the coolest to me. It was just so badass. It's, like, a, it's a white boy thing. I mean, it is <laughs> such a white boy, Viking, you know, warrior thing. If you have any of that medieval kind of blood in you, that's what metal speaks to. And, I mean, it's great to see that metal is still alive. I mean, in this year, uh, I got to see Sabbath and Maiden. And uh, I'm, I've been good friends with uh, Ice-T and Body Count for over 20 years. And it's great to see people kind of carrying a torch. Because metal has taken a hit, and uh, and I don't mean necessarily this new metal. There's so many new types of metal bands that I do not relate to, and I, I don't want to be uncool and name them. But with some of this new new style of metal, just doesn't speak to me. So um, I guess in my old age, I've kind of become a traditionalist, you know. 
Yeah, I, I'm the same way. Like for me, like I loved even growing up Slayer, Venom, even that, like that heavy stuff. I loved, but now the heavy stuff is so heavy that like. I can't understand anything the singers are saying. It's just what they call cookie monster stuff. Right. And I just can't get into it. Like, I want to, I try, but if I put on an album and by the second or third song, I can't I can't tell one song apart from another and I can't understand anything they're saying. And, and like you said, maybe that's just me becoming that old man yelling at kids to get off my lawn. Yeah. But, you know, <laughs> but uh, it's that's I how I feel. I don't I enjoy it. I guess the best way to put it, it just doesn't speak to me. And same with the kind of new emo metal that... Is just a little too soft and emotional. So music will always change, but I'm glad that there are some of these bands that like are just still sticking at it. It's pretty neat to see. And uh, what's weird is um, you can never go back. Uh, I recently saw like Jeff Tate uh, do a show out here in Denver, and uh, I was a gigantic Queensryche fan, and the songs just sounded so different. <laughs> you can never go back. Yeah, that's true. You know, we'll always have our uh, our memories, and and for, you know, for you, it's the Sunset Strip. For me, it was Lamore in Brooklyn. You know, that was like the famous metal club in in Brooklyn, and I used to go almost every weekend. I would go all the time, and every major metal act that would go on tour would play at Lamore in Brooklyn, and it was a tiny club. It was real and it was raw, and you were in the mosh pit. And you heard it, and man, it was it was something. It was definitely an amazing time to be alive if you were into that kind of music. Oh, for sure. And you know, probably the best aspect of um, being in a band for me in L.A. was I made such great connections with people that are in famous bands uh, just by being a musician. And when I started doing comedy in 2003, I said to myself, I'd love to be like Sam Keniston in the respect that you look around and all his friends are rock stars, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And so I've been friends with Fishbone and Ozo Motley and uh, the guys in Snot and uh, Cottonmouth King. Just, I just, I've just kept friendships with people over the years. And then guys I've played with end up being in famous bands. My friend Finn is a guitar player for ministry now. So oh, cool. it's like, so it's important probably like you do, Stay in touch with your rock star friends because it comes in handy. <laughs> sure, sure. You know, speaking about the connection between comedy and rock and roll, I almost feel like comedy should be the the fourth, like sex, drugs, rock and roll, and comedy. You know, like this. Throw that one yeah. in there too. But speaking about that connection, I've seen some of your uh, routines, some of your comedy uh, routines, and you do some really great metal humor. You do some great impersonations. You do um, Ozzy. Uh, I saw you doing Ozzy doing uh, as a phone operator. <laughs> yeah, and I do uh, a bit that I rarely get to do, but but it's uh, Ozzy doing Dio's songs and Dio doing Ozzy's songs. <laughs> oh, wow. That must be funny. I've also seen you do a pretty amazing Jim Morrison as well. Yeah, Jim Morrison is is my big closer. It's, you know, I try to imagine what, what it would be like if Jim Morrison had ended up being a, a loungy stand-up comic in Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> A killer walks into a bar before dawn to get his booze on. He grabs a beer from the ancient brewery and Willie. He walks on down the hall. He came to a door in which his brother lived. Knock, knock. Who's there? Who's there? Mister. Mister Who? Mister Mojo Why did the chicken cross the road? <laughs> to break on through to the other side. 
Hey folks, let's spend my time. This is the end. What's neat about that is is um, I opened for a lot of uh, rock bands, but I, I recently just opened for uh, a Doors cover band out here for the second time. And uh, that's one of the things I love doing is uh, doing the Morrison stuff in front of the uh, the hardcore Doors fans because they really love it. And, you know, that act, that bit has been so uh, celebrated by people. I, I saw a video on YouTube of a guy mimicking my exact act at the comedy store i was like okay i guess that's a tribute wow yeah i guess so i also got to do uh last year my ice tea impression in front of ice tea which was great i got to talk like ice tea and he just he liked it he thought it was cool yeah, it's funny. Actually, that that's an, another bit of yours that I really love is the uh, the, the concert sponsors, that the sponsors should uh, should correspond to who the performers are. Give, give the listeners a little it's, taste it's, of that. Okay. When you go to a concert, I hate it when the sponsor has nothing to do with the artist. Like, you're going to see the Rolling Stones and, like, Pepsi presents the Rolling Stones. Man, when I want to see a concert, I want to see a sponsor that's going to represent the artist. The Fabulous Forum announces its summer concert series. Lipton presents Ice Tea. <laughs> Bird's Eye Frozen Vegetables welcomes Black Eyed Peas with special guest corn. <laughs> Lens Crafters brings you Stevie Wonder. Oh. <laughs> Trojan Condoms brings you Pearl Jam. <laughs> EPT At Home Pregnancy welcomes No Doubt. <laughs> Oh, man. And Viagra brings you Limp Biscuit. <laughs> <laughs> Even better. Funny, man. It's funny They're stuff. They're silly because uh, they sound a lot more dirty than they are. And yeah. You, I could go all day with those. Clorox presents things. You know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, Playboy, Playboy brings you bare naked ladies. I've yeah. got like 50 of them. Oh, so. dude. That's, that's, that's genius, that stuff. Perfect synchronicity of, um, of concept and quick one-line delivery. It's just it's perfect. Well, thanks, man. I recently got to work with one of uh, my biggest influences and a, and a legend in the comedy biz, the unknown comic, uh, Murray Langston. I did a show out here with him. and uh, uh, that's I remember kind of him where... from the Gong Show. Yeah. I mean, that's, is, now I'm really dating prince. myself. Yeah. <laughs> he is the prince of puns, and I get to work with that dude. And, and that's kind of where I set myself apart in 2003. I said, I'm, I'm going to... Uh, have to differentiate myself from Doug Benson and Joe Rogan. So I called myself the 420 comic and it stuck. And one thing I've done differently is I am more of a comic. Uh, a comic is somebody that says uh, things in a funny way. A comedian is somebody that says funny things. So I'm not really trying to make a gigantic statement like Joe Rogan, because he's great at that. I'm just trying to make you laugh. <laughs> Well, that's interesting, the distinction between comedian and comic. I never really uh, got that distinction before. Some comedians might even take offense if you called them a comic, where where I wouldn't either way. But but um, I really do try to go for the laugh. I, I, it's, um, you know, George Carlin made you think, and, uh, you know, uh, the unknown comic just made you laugh, and that's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> 
cool. We need to take a quick break, but don't go anywhere because we're going to be coming back with more from the hilarious 420 comic, Jeff Peterson. Stay tuned. Want to grow your own weed but not sure where to get the seed? Go to bcbuddepot.com. For nearly 15 years, BC Bud Depot has been building one of the world's most comprehensive seed banks, offering over 50 strains of top-quality cannabis to suit every grower's needs, including multiple award-winning strains like Godbud, The Perps, BC Blueberry, Girl Scout Cookies, and more. In fact, BC Bud Depot's genetics have won over 30 different cannabis awards over the past decade. So you know you're dealing with a recognized industry leader that will deliver you some of the most potent, flavorful flowers on the planet. They ship worldwide, offering fast, discreet delivery at reasonable prices. All online orders are processed within 48 hours and are packaged and mailed with the utmost stealth and safety in mind. And if for some reason your order gets lost, damaged, or confiscated, BC Bud Depot will resend it at no extra charge guaranteeing that every customer receives what they paid for. Whether you're looking for indica or sativa, indoor or outdoor, feminized or auto-flowering, BC Bud Depot has the seeds you need at a price you can handle. But don't take my word for it. Check out their extensive library of award-winning genetics for yourself at bcbuddepot.com and type in promo code BLAZIN420 at checkout to receive 10% off your order. BC Bud Depot home of cannabis champions since 2002. Please check your local, state, and national laws before ordering. Okay, and we are back. We're here with the 420 comic, Jeffrey Peterson. So um, let's talk a little about you and your background. Uh, tell me about where you're from and how you got started in comedy. Well, uh, I'm originally an East Coaster. I'm a, a Connecticut Yankee, and uh, uh, I moved out west to Arizona and grew up basically in LA after, uh, you know, nearly 10 years in the music industry, I had so many people telling me, why don't you just be a comedian? <laughs> you know, because I was the front man and I was always cracking jokes and I got sick of the, the, the band dynamic. And I said, if I'm up here by myself, I get all the credit and I can take all the blame. So I switched gears and I became a stand up comic in 2003. And, uh, the neat thing was, one of the people that really influenced me to be a comic was uh, George Lopez. I used to see George at the supermarket in 1993 when he wasn't necessarily famous. He was just a headlining comic in Los Angeles. He'd see me and chopping and I was a stoner, like lead singer in a band. And he'd be like, Hey Jeff, you know, you can buy something other than cereal or donuts, you know, <laughs> there's a produce section. I don't know if you heard of it. <laughs> George would mess with me. So then uh, 10 years later, I started getting my feet wet into comedy, and George saw me, and he said, hey, man, what kind of comedy are you doing? And I said, I'm, I'm telling pot jokes. And he goes, man, you need to stick with that, because if you if you stick with that and don't change at all, you'll be the next season song, bro. So, lo and behold, 2014, you saw me perform with Cheech and Chong, so yeah. uh, it, that was kind of the inspiration I needed, and uh, getting to work with them was pretty much my goal, you know, so... I've had to get new goals <laughs> since then. <laughs> well, that was that was a pretty awesome night, I must say. It was the it was two years ago, four twenty now, right? Uh, and it was in Denver. It was in Denver, four twenty. Yeah. I was I was there for the High Times Cannabis Cup, the biggest cannabis cup that had ever been staged anywhere, fifty thousand people, and it was right before the cup. And Cheech and Chong were playing the uh, what was the name of that theater? The uh, film, not the film. The Fillmore. Fillmore, right? right yeah, yeah. Fillmore. 
was so neat because Cheech and Chong, they kicked off this week uh, in Denver, and I had just kind of gotten here. My buddy Jerry Sizer from Couch Lock in New York uh, introduced me to King of Quality. Chris Kiarian said that this producer uh, wants to offer me a gig, and he he offered me the only comedy spot opening for Cheech and Chong. So I was like really blown away that he had thought of me and I, I won't say who, but he mentioned that he had turned someone else down and that he specifically wanted me. And, uh, you know, I was blown away because a lot of people perform with Tommy, but to work with Cheech and Chong is just yeah. an unbelievable dream. And uh, the connection I made with Cheech Marin backstage was, was something I will never forget. I mean, Cheech, as you probably have encountered, is a shy guy. But yeah. once you start talking to him, he is just a wellspring of just knowledge and, and funniness, you know? Yeah. I've known Tommy a lot better than Cheech, obviously, because Tommy's come to a lot of uh, High Times events and other pod events, and I've gotten to spend time with him and interview him and stuff, and, and he's a great guy, of course. But I, I didn't get to meet Cheech until it was the 2010 10th Annual High Times Stony Awards. We did it on uh, Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, and I, I got to host the green carpet, uh, you know, interviews, arrivals, and stuff. And that night was one of the highlights of my career. I got to interview Craig Robinson. I got to interview so many uh, cool performers. Uh, Rob Corddry was there, and I got to meet Cheech for the first time. And uh, I remember at one point I was looking for my wife. I couldn't find her anywhere, and I'm hunting through the whole club for her. And when I finally find her, she's sitting. Just her and Cheech, nobody else, just the two of them sitting on a step behind the stage smoking a bowl together. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Like, my, my wife's smoking with Cheech. This is cool, you know? And uh, Which is very rare, which is very a difficult thing to pull off nowadays. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I had interviewed them out on the camera, but, I, you know, I, to get to sit down and just one-on-one -on -one hang and, bl and blaze with them is a, is a cool thing. But that's, you know, my wife's really good at that. My wife's... She doesn't treat celebrities at all like celebrities, and they love her. You know, <laughs> they don't. She doesn't yeah. ask them about their career or tell them she's a fan. She just talks about random weird shit, and they love it. They don't care. You know. So anyway, that was a that was a great little memory getting to uh, hang out with him backstage there. Um, but yeah, they're 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 legends. No, but there is no, and there never will be again a Chi Jin Chong. And so getting to perform with them, of course, is a huge uh, yeah. honor. It was phenomenal, and I just saw them. Uh, literally two days ago, uh, they were performing out here. They're such great guys, and uh, Shelby is fantastic, and so is Paris. Their whole, their whole, yeah, their whole crew is great. And you just mentioned uh, my buddy Craig Robinson. I had the I had the good fortune of um, I was the door guy at America's oldest comedy club when I first started uh, the Ice House in Pasadena. So I became friends with uh, Craig Robinson and Billy Gardell and a lot of these famous uh, headliners now. People that that weren't as famous then. So it's really neat to uh, have uh, those experiences in comedy. And what's great is um, my buddy Johnny Sanchez from Mad TV one time said to me, he goes, Jeff, not everybody might know your name as Jeffrey Peterson and know who you are as a comedian, but if they mention the 420 comic, they instantly know who you are and they instantly know you're a huge stoner. So hmm. <laughs> mission accomplished. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> So you've obviously performed with lots of big uh, names in the comedy world. You have an upcoming show. I think you're performing on 710, right? I'm performing in Phoenix on 710 for the uh, 710 Chronicle event with uh, Afro Man and my buddy Chucky Chuck from DGAP. 
it's going to be a lot of fun. Black Bottom Lighters, Hot Rock Super Joint. Um, oh, I know Hot Rock Super Hot Joint. Rock, <laughs> I know him. He's awesome, dude. I love this guy. He is comedy and hip-hop all in one, and he's got, he's got the coolest image. He looks like a metalhead, but he's a hip-hop guy. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get it when I first met him and I first uh, gotten turned on to him, but uh, you know, I got to admit he's grown on me a bit for sure. I just did a show with him in Denver, and he lit it up. He had the crowd going, man. So looking forward to that. I'm getting ready to do a tour of Colorado in August, a comedy tour with my partner Bubbles, uh, who is not the, the Canadian Bubbles. It's a Mexican <laughs> biker lady named Bubbles. <laughs> I keep having to explain that. Yeah. Um, but in addition to that, um, the comic books I'm creating are taking off like crazy, and I'm going to be signing comic books uh at comic book conventions uh, all this summer in Colorado. So, Awesome. Yeah, let's talk a little about the comic books. The imprint is called Cali Chronic. Is that right? Cali Chronic Comics. We used to be Cali Chronic X Magazine. And after I got dubbed a, a known pornographer, because my brother and I would take uh, photos of the hottest adult film stars using cannabis, everyone in the industry didn't get that I'm a comedian. They just basically called me a pornographer and a ball, so I just laughed it off. So I thought, what's a 180? What's a way I can go to completely different? So I started reviving my comic books that I draw and write. And they're stoner comic books. I'm certainly not inventing the wheel. Kevin Smith uh, with Jay and Silent Bob and Blunt Man and Chronic kind of did that. But uh, I'm carrying on that tradition, and they're selling like crazy. I was on a TV show called The Marijuana Show, is the Shark Tank for Stoners, and I, I'm the season one winner because I pitched my comics. So the comic books um, now have an investor, and they sell. I, I have them at the world's largest comic book store, Mile High Comics. And uh, you'll dig this. Uh, this is pretty groundbreaking for the cannabis industry. I have some rolling papers with uh, kind of Bazooka Joe-style comic strip stuff on them, and now I sell them at Mile High Comics, the world's largest comic book store. That's so cool. the crossover potential for the cannabis industry is nuts. Selling rolling paper, that's completely unheard of. Yeah. So tell us a little about some of the comics. Uh, I know you have one called Super Stoned, is that right, or Super Stoners? Super Stoners. Stoners, they are, right. Uh, they're like super friends, but they're uh, they're a group of uh, uh, superheroes on lead. Uh, that is uh, five guys, including uh, High and Mighty, uh, <laughs> Captain California, and the dank duo, which is Weed Boy and Sheet Man. And uh, I've been doing Sheet Man as a character since the year 2000. And uh, he was on TV with Stan Lee on the, the game show Oblivious on Spike TV. And he's also been immortalized in uh, this uh, crazy band from Santa Cruz, Astratosphere, uh, put Sheet Man in a song. So he, my characters have a little bit of a, a folklore to them. And um, now they have a, a great comic book series. Like when Tommy Chong was in jail, I would send him comic books that I drew. And, and right when he got out, he, he said, hey, man, thanks for the Sheet Man comics, dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, one thing I've done, too, is um, I have eight, uh, four titles, uh, Blunt One, Rainy Day Women, The Achievers, which is my big Lebowski one, and uh, Super Stoners. And uh, I have tons of celebrities now leading these. Method Man and Red Man, uh, Jeff Dowd, The Real Dude from Big Lebowski, um, Kyle Gass. I just, more and more people are reading these. I just gave some to uh, Pot Prisoner um, 
POW uh, Jeff Mazinski. I just sent him some. Cool. Poor guy be, being in jail for so long. So, so what I'm hoping to do is create this kind of mad magazine vibe. If you recall, when all the the rock stars and actors would read Mad Magazine backstage, hoping somebody notices, hey, how come you're reading Super Stoners backstage? Yeah. <laughs> so. so do you do the the writing, the art, a little of both? What What's your role at the at the company? I actually do most of it. I do the writing and the art, and my brother uh, is a great graphics artist, so uh, Dagwood does the, the coloring and stuff. And um, I was an animator 16 years ago. I mean, pardon me, not 16 years ago, 20 years ago, <laughs> for 16 years, I worked on the classics, Batman, X-Men, Fantastic wow. Four, I mean, Street Sharks, everything. I, that was what I did for a living. And uh, so I kind of went full circle. I went, you know, I, I just love animation and comic books. I've really got to get in there and get back into it. So this is kind of my retirement plan. Cool. I was going to I was going to say did you uh now that you got an investor from the marijuana show uh is have you thought about I mean I'm sure you have talked about maybe doing some type of animated shorts with the comic like video shorts. Most definitely. What I wanted to do was to have the characters get a following first. So we've had the comics out since 2013. They have a real strong identification with with their audience now. So um, uh, we're thinking uh, in the beginning of um, 2017 of hitting pitch season and getting to Adult Swim and uh, Comedy Central and all the uh, the proper places that this would belong. Uh, I think uh, a comic superhero driven cartoon about you know stoners would be uh, would be pretty cool. I think people would dig it. Yeah, I mean, have you? Uh, I'm guessing you've heard of Major Laser. You've seen Major Laser, that uh, cartoon that uh, the DJ Diplo does. Have you seen that? Yeah, and see, there, what's great is is the the road is being paved for me. Uh, I just hung out with the uh, the Lucas Brothers from Lucas Brothers Moving recently. You know, there's two guys who have a cartoon where they're smoking weed. You know, right in the cartoon. So it's pretty neat where TV has gone and the doors that has op- have opened up. And I'm actually a columnist for Seven Ten Chronicle in, in Phoenix, the new magazine. And my recent article is about you know how things have changed. I mean, that 70s show, you couldn't even show them holding a joint. Now on TV, you could see someone hitting a bong. So things have changed in TV and how, how cannabis is represented. It's pretty funny. Sure, and it's, they're going to continue to change. Uh, mainstream media is going to end up embracing cannabis as the rest of the country does, uh, you know, as it becomes more and more legal and accepted, which is very exciting, very cool. What's funny is, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but uh, a few years back when I was uh, working at High Times, I was approached by some guys who did a online uh, stoner comic series called Weed Nation Soldiers, and they said they wanted to make me into a superhero, into a comic, a character in their comic, and I got a kick out of that, you know, being a comic guy myself, and I said, yeah, so I kind of uh, talked to them about, like, you know, what what it would be like, and they drew up some stuff, and they made me into a character named Weed Lord, which is pretty cool. And I have the these <laughs> great awesome. these great drawings of uh, me as this uh, like Mac Daddy, you know, stoner superhero with like a long black Matrix style trench coat. And if you'll indulge me for a second, I just want to read you his origin story real quick. It says. Okay. Uh, 
Weed Lord is like the Doctor Strange of weed. Bobby Black enjoyed a life of parties, women, and headbanging. Inexplicably unsatisfied, he yearned for a deeper understanding of the universe and turned to shamanism, immersing himself in the study of magic and mind-altering substances. Then one night, during a hash-induced trance, the goddess Canabia appeared to him, infusing his body with chronetic energy and bestowing upon him the supernatural powers and a new name, Weed Lord, protector of the herbs of the earth. It's pretty cool. It's cool. That's pretty cool, man. Way cool. And and you know what? You are a mythic creature, my friend. <laughs> uh, you you have uh, you're kind of a mystery to most people, and you have a kind of a, I would say, a supernatural presence. Most people regard you that way, and um, it's pretty cool to have that type of mystique. And it's all natural. There's nothing contrived about you, and uh, I think that's what people like about you, man. Well, thank you. That that's a very flattering comment, and I appreciate it. You know, I am who I am, and I like what I like, and this is just me. You know, and I like my aviators and my heavy metal and my comic books, and that's just who I am. And like you said, it's I'm not putting on any airs. I'm just uh, I'm just me being me, and you're being you. Yeah, and you know what's neat, man, is is there's a lot of freedom in that, and uh, it sometimes that makes people jealous. It's weird, but you can sometimes gain uh, gauge your success by some of the haters out there. There are people that see people like us that are free willing enough to just be ourselves without apology and they can't handle that. It's more than jealousy, it's envy. They see like, wow, why why do they think they get to live like that? And and you know, I've had people say to me, You're always smiling in pictures or you always look like you're having a good time. It's because I am and I'm projecting <laughs> that. Yeah. You know? And it's not just that I am, it's that I'm, I believe in the law of attraction and, and what I put forth through the universe is what's going to come back. So I love making people happy, especially my tribe, which is the cannabis world. So what I try to provide is levity, you know, comedy and comic books. Right we, got to, we got a bunch of stuff. Amen, brother. Well, uh, I couldn't have said it better myself, you know, fuck the haters and uh, keep doing what you're doing. I'll keep doing what I'm doing and I'm sure our paths will continue to cross in the future, both in Cali and in Denver and, and beyond. So, uh, Jeff, thanks, yeah. uh, thanks so much for, uh, joining us today. It's been, uh, it's been a blast and, uh, keep on keeping on brother. Thanks again, uh, for everything, Bobby, you keep blazing and, uh, Phoenix, Arizona. I'll see you on seven ten. All right. Take care. Wow. What a fun guy. And what a fun episode this has been, but alas, our time has once again come to an end. I want to thank my guest once again, Jeffrey Peterson, the 420 comic, and I want to thank all of you for tuning in and toking up with us again this week. We hope you'll come back again next week. In the meantime, you can find links to Jeff and all his cool projects on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash blazingwithbb. Be sure to follow me on social media, Twitter at Bobby Black, Facebook and Instagram Bobby Black 420 Until next week, this is Bobby Black saying, blaze on, brothers and sisters. Mm-hmm.